What is living in lockdown like? As the world tries to make sense of the coronavirus and South Africa's knee-deep in a government-initiated lockdown, we'll be hearing from different voices what they're up to and how they're handling living in the lockdown. Rosie Mutene has been preaching a simple message during these times. Your voice is not in lockdown. You may be, but your voice isn't. She's been taking this time to raise awareness in some of the causes that she champions and supports, and we'll hear about them next in our latest edition of Living in Lockdown. Rosie's a good friend of ours. She has been a part of the Cliff Central family virtually from the start, and she's also spent an enormous amount of time traveling to various places on this continent of ours to find out more about all the diversity and the exciting things that Africa has to offer, and also potentially what we could learn going into this crisis about our neighbors. So Rosie, first of all, how are you doing and where are you locked down? Uh, today is a good day. <laughs> yeah. I'm very yeah. little anxiety today, and I'm locked down in my apartment in Johannesburg. All right, and and you say less anxiety because this is something that very few people are able to acknowledge. This this COVID nineteen thing has made people very anxious, very nervous, very unhappy, very uncertain, and you have to come to terms with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what, I think I was also forced into a bit of a corner the first week because my phone crashed, Wi-Fi at home wasn't working. So literally for a couple of days, I had no communication with the world. And that's when I also just thought, well, it's a situation you can't change. You can either try and cope with whatever emotions come your way. Um, but, but move away from the anxiety and just put my mind into things that make me happy and that are productive. And so that's what I do. And some days, you know, I'll be honest, some days I can't get out of bed and I'm crying and I'm feeling all sorry for myself. And when those emotions come, I deal with them. And, and if it means me lying in my, in my gown for, for, for the rest of the afternoon, then that's what I do. So you're not imposing any kind of strict rules and regulations on yourself. It's enough that government have done that for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to put in at least a few productive hours. So it's either reading or it's either... Um, searching for new for new work, online work for, for my talent, for my agency. Um, but I'm not I'm not putting too much pressure on myself at all. How do you know if you're putting too much pressure on yourself? I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, purely, I mean, I, I do suffer from anxiety, so I can feel the symptoms. My heart my heart starts palpating a bit faster. Um, I'm grumpy. I'm irritable. Doing the things that I love doing, and that's when you just got to sit back and like, you know what? The situation you got no control over. All right. So during this lockdown, a lot of people have time to confront their demons. And we've got a few things that are happening this week in the news that I just wanted to think, you know, hear your thoughts on. First of all, um, alcohol and cigarettes. Are you one of those people who thinks the government is making a mistake by banning these? Or do you think it's a good thing? Um, yes and no. I, I think it is a good thing just in terms of controlling our senses, especially in terms of the alcohol. Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, because I've even seen it with, with, with people on their, on their, um, other Instagram pages or their WhatsApp pages where they're having their own little private parties and there's no social distancing whatsoever. And that, that's because alcohol is involved. But then on the flip side, you do have people where alcohol is a disease. And um, if you if you haven't taken the the, the, the necessary measurements to wean yourself off, mm. um, I, I, don't, I mean, from a medical point of view, I mean, the doctors could prove me wrong. 
but but um, is that not going to have um, adverse effects on people's well-being and psyche? I'm sure it will. Cigarettes, I'm, so, I, I, I mean, I was, I was a, bit, a bit surprised about the cigarette ban. Yeah, I, I know you're involved with a lot of, of organizations that deal in, in you know, fighting gender-based violence and so on. Uh, obviously, this is a concern that people don't necessarily get to the meat of because they think, ah, oh, you know, what's wrong with someone having a drink? But often um, alcohol and, and drugs and things can lead to domestic violence, so they can certainly accelerate it. Um, yeah. And you are obviously in contact during lockdown with a lot of the organizations you support so what's, what's the status quo for gender-based violence in South Africa during a lockdown? Uh, there's been a lot more calls and response to, to counselling. I mean, a lot of the organisations are now working remotely, so you can call in through to a counsellor as opposed to face-to-face. So there's, there's been a heightened increase in that. Um, in terms of the shelters, as far as I know, certain shelters are, there's they're still obviously intakes happening, but it hasn't been that high. But then again, these are the organizations that I work for. I don't know what's happening with, with the shelters for the, for the Department of Social Development. But in terms of their call factor, I mean, I know on Saturday they were so inundated with calls that a lot of people were saying, listen, we cannot get through. And so we had to find alternative measures. So there has definitely been an increase. In terms of the numbers, we can never really tell because, as we know, the stats aren't 100% because the stats only are based on those that actually make the, 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 the police role in that and actually get a case number and so forth. But in terms of, of getting doing counselling, which a lot of us do online, that has increased dramatically. Now, you do that too. Are there ways that women can get in contact with counsellors without their husbands knowing? I mean, if you're crammed into one or two rooms and you're around each other all the time, it's very difficult for these women to seek help, to even know how to start looking for, for, for assistance. And, that, and that's where the problem's lying. So some of the people that we've been assisting prior to the lockdown, when we knew that the lockdown was happening, we created passwords. Um, a lot of them don't have like our number saved or my name saved. It's saved under something else. So that if somebody does go through the phone, they're not going to be looking for an activist or an organization and so forth. But the problem is, is that some, some of these people that are reaching out literally have maybe a three to five minute gap. If he's gone to the toilet, they've taken the phone or he's sleeping and literally it's that call, how do I get? Um, and that is, that is the, the frustrating part of what we, what we're dealing with because we can't get into our cars anymore and go and assist or go and force the police to go there and so forth. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a difficult situation. There are some NGOs that are on the ground that have managed to get their, their own permits to do that. But that's, there's so much that we can do. I mean, they're just based in Johannesburg. What about the rest of the country? Sure. What is this, this thing about a Tupperware collection that, that someone can, can message and then it doesn't look like it's something that the husband might be suspicious of? Yeah. So all of us have got different, different code words. I mean, I, I chose the word Tupperware saying that if you are in, in, in dire straits, send me a DM or send me a, a message and, and so forth. If you do need assistance, um, say that you want, you need the Tupperware to be delivered. Uh, since that, there's been a, a, a big increase. And ironically, but also unfortunately, there's also been an increase from a lot of people outside of South Africa. So that was a bit concerning for some of us because the one came from Tampa, Florida, and because of the the 
the time difference, it was very difficult for me to find contacts in that area, get to her. But fortunately, we did get her into safety. But I mean, those 10 to 12 hours in between were quite um, nerve-wracking. So, you know, some people have used, I mean, there's different code words, but, but yeah, it's basically just saying, you know, there is somebody on a DM or if you have a WhatsApp number, if you have an email address, just send it through because we're on high alert. Wow. Uh, Rosie, how how do we know whether or not this thing is a special threat to Africa? You've spent a lot of time traveling, especially up the East Coast, and you've been to various other parts of the, of the continent as well. Are you more worried about how we will deal with this crisis than you might be the rest of the world? And and if you are, can you explain why? If not, then then maybe we've got something. You know, finally, there's an advantage to <laughs> to kind of being in Africa and, and having you know, the, the sort of, uh, of of craziness that we're used to on this continent. Yeah. You, you're talking about the COVID crisis? Yeah. Or, or the GBV? No, yeah. no, no. The, the uh, COVID crisis, because I think the, the, the gender-based violence existed before this, and I'm afraid it yeah. will exist after this. But in this particular situation, are there any uh, hopeful silver linings? Are there any things that really concern you that make you even more nervous? Um, to be honest, I think uh, the, the, the concerning factors are, are we equipped medically? Mm. Um, friends of mine within the medical, and I'm not going to mention the, the, the different hospitals, but there are certain hospitals where people have, have tested positive and they've cornered off certain sections, but that hasn't been made public. And, of course, they don't want to create a crisis amongst people, but at the same time, people need to know which, which environments you can go into. Um, and then also just, you know, the, the, the protective measure, measures for, for our medical uh, uh, personnel. I mean, my partner's an oncology nurse, and, and the situation happened in her hospital as well. But, but if anything should happen, they are not equipped to deal if there's a major outbreak. You know, how are we going to deal? God forbid it happens in a densely populated area yeah. In, um, yeah. in a township or something like that. And then the other concern, um, I mean, my main worry in the beginning was my mum lives in, in Pukeng in Northwest. And for a long time, they were very, very, everyone in the area just believed it was a Johannesburg disease. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. finally, after, you know, speaking to and, and what have you, and I'm very fortunate, I mean, her neighbor is next door, he's got a car, so he does the groceries and everything. And then the one day she woke up, she was like, oh, my God, there's soldiers outside. And if we hadn't prepared her about what would have happened, that could have had just another psychological effect on. I mean, my mother's in. My mother's turning eighty in, in, in June. So, so PTSD from apartheid. You know, all of these different things that. Um, you know, and now the communication from government has been different, and it's in the vernacular and so forth. But I just think that communication across all levels just needs to be heightened. I mean, we should have a TV station that's just for that, so we know just to tap into. Um, and then, of course, the people going into the rural areas because not everybody's listening to the radio. Sure. You know, my mom, her, her entertainment is the Nigerian film. That's it. <laughs> you know, so she's not watching um, Cyril when he does his, <laughs> does his uh, talks and, and yeah. all of those types of Yeah, some people are saying that he should be doing more of those, that, that he almost yeah. should be doing it every second day just to put people yeah. at ease, you know, and, and then we'd have more information. But um, are you overwhelmingly pleased or dissatisfied with the way that government has reacted to this crisis and what they've decided to put into play? Um, I think I think it's really good that they have put in the lockdown to play. Uh, I do think that they need to. The, the other worrying factor is how the army are dealing with things and how they are dealing with the army. 
Um, and so in terms of that aspect and the violence aspect, and then you look at certain areas where, you know, people are lenient. I mean, I'm in Rosebank and I've seen many people running and jogging and doing stuff. Um, you know, so I think if you're going to, if you're going to apply these rules that it needs to be for everybody and as much as it's an inconvenience, but it's a, it's a necessary inconvenience, you know? Yeah. Are, are you realizing that there are things that you didn't need or are there things that you've started to do now during lockdown that you're going to carry on doing afterwards? Yeah. I realized I didn't need so many people around me. <laughs> it's been quite nice and refreshing. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but, but also, you know, you take for granted that, you know, you can get in the car and go visit your mom or go visit your nieces or do things like that. So definitely the thing that I will change afterwards is make sure I spend more time with family. Um, and yeah, I suppose that's the only thing because, you know, half of my day, half of my time prior to this was working from home anyway. So it wasn't a big, big shift for me, but, but it just in terms of, of what's happening outside and for those less fortunate. That's the main the worrying thing for me. Well, it's always nice to check in with you. You, you always make me feel like there is a, a conscience operating somewhere in the background when the rest of us are just busy going through the daily motions. And I'm thrilled that you are involved in the things that you are and that you're looking after the talent that you do. Um, obviously, work has changed, and, and I'm sure there are going to be more changes on the way. Um, yeah. The entertainment business is a very different place now, huh? Totally different. Um, I'm very fortunate that a lot of our talent, we had started sort of moving to digital work. So a lot of online platforms and stuff like that. So we, we, we just working on that. But I mean, a lot of them, 60% of the contracts actually canceled because they were emceeing gigs, um, TV productions, all of those type of things. But yeah, it's about shifting and, you know, it's uh, what, what, what is that book? Who moved the cheese? Yeah. So it's literally back into that again. So. Well, thank you, Rosie. It's nice to check in with you. Keep safe and, and healthy during lockdown, and we will speak to you again soon. You or anyone you know is in an abusive home. You can call the DSD Command Center on 0800-428-428. That's 0800-428-428. Or the star 120 star 7867. That's star 120 star 7867, and the police will be alerted. You don't have to be on your own.